like to do this, so you will bear with me. This is all going to be Jesus. Um, when Kat first asked me to speak on Bloom Where You're Planted, this is one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be planted by the waters, and that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he comes. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be anxious in the year of drought, neither shall cease yielding her fruit. Um, will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for each one of these ladies here. Um, Lord, I thank you that we can come together, be an encouragement to one another, to mentor each other, and to help through the storms of life. Lord, I pray that you'll calm my nerves, speak through me, Lord, um, that you will be glorified through this. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so when I first started thinking about what it meant to plant something, what do we need to use? Um, I thought first we needed a good container, um, something that was well-draining. Um, there's a reason there's holes in the bottom of those containers, they allow excess water to draw out so we're not drowning our plants um, or getting them so moldy that they die. Um, and just like in our life, we have to be vessels that we allow God to drain all the impurities out of our life. Um, he longs to get rid of the sin, um, the negativity, um, some of bad relationships, um, some things he just needs us to get out of our own way sometimes. And when we don't have a vessel that's willing to let him grow through that, um, it, we, can't, we can't succeed in bloom. Um, he longs to get rid of all the impurities. Then I thought about that container also neither how healthy that plant is, it's not going to grow. Um, it's going to be stunted. And if we want to grow in Christ, we must be vessels that are willing to expand and to grow um, where God wants us to grow. It might be moving us in a different direction, in a new ministry. It might be moving us to a new area. Um, sometimes we have to be willing to get out of our comfort zones and try something new as God encourages us to grow for his glory and his purpose. Um, and there was a lot of times I had to stop and say, am I willing to get out of my comfort zone and do something that's difficult for me? Um, because he's asking me to do that. Um, next, plants need good soil and water. Um, soil that's rich in nutrients. Um, fertilizer to help it grow beautiful blooming flowers. Um, this requires us to prepare our soil. Um, we have to add nutrients. We have to add um, fertilizer sometimes. We have to give it water. Um, I don't have the best green thumb, <laughs> and so I'm always killing plants. I try. I really do. I try. Um, but I can never be successful with growing beautiful plants. They start out great. No matter how much food I give it, how much water I give it, I just don't have that right. But if we want to grow in Christ, we must um, also allow him to feed us. And he feeds us with the word of God. Um, and are we soaking up the word of God 
and taking it to heart and really listening to what he has for us because there's nothing new under the sun in this book. But every time you read this book, it can show you something different, something that you might have read a passage a hundred times and all of a sudden a light bulb comes on that he's bringing something else to mind in that. Um, And so we have to be willing to be prepared um, our soil for harvest. Um, If we are digging deep into the word of God, we are going to be ready for whatever he has for us and to bloom wherever we're planted. Um, Mark 4, 15 through 20 talks about the sower of the seeds. Some seeds were sown by the wayside and Satan snatched them away because we didn't receive that word. We didn't receive those seeds. Um, Some seeds were sown on stony ground. We received the word. We were blessed by it, but we didn't have deep roots to, so that when the storms of life came, the seeds were taken away because they weren't firmly planted. Um, Then he says, some seeds were sown among the thorns. They received the word, but the cares of this world, the day in and day out of this world choked out that word and it wasn't fruitful and they were not able to produce fruit. But some seeds were grown on good soil, such as those who heard the word and they received it and they kept it and they brought forth fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. So which soil are you? I can be willing to admit sometimes it's stony soil. Sometimes it's good soil. Sometimes it's thorns. You know, different seasons of different life. I think we can all attest that we've had seasons. It might be we have good ground on one thing. But God's trying to tell us something else, and we just don't want to receive that word. We don't want to receive it. We don't want to take it. And it falls on deaf ears. Um, Next, we need to prune our plants. The first time I ever tried to plant um, tomato plants, the guy said, you have to prune them. And he started chipping away, and he's like, what are you doing to my plant? You're killing it. He goes, no, I'm making it grow. You have to clip off those dead useless pieces of plant so that the healthy ones, the ones with the fruit buds, can grow and grow um, beautiful tomatoes. John 15, 1 through 8 says, Jesus is the vine and the father is the husbandman. We are the branches and every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. When we bear fruit, he purges us so that we can bear even more fruit. Um, verse 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit so that you can be my disciples. Sometimes that's painful, right? We might have a branch that we don't want taken away, but God says, For my good, for my glory, we need to get rid of that. We need to take it away. And we have to be willing to let Him prune us and get rid of the useless. It might be chores that we do. It might be activities that really have no purpose, no value. That's wasting our time um, from doing something productive for the Lord. So um, Jesus taught his disciples. And then they, in turn, discipled new converts. Um, Using Christ as our example, we should continue to grow in Christ as we disciple others. 
Um, we have such an amazing variety of ladies here. We have young, we have older saints. Um, are we mentoring one another? Are we coming alongside new Christians and mentoring them and discipling them so that they can grow in their faith? So often we see somebody come to know the Lord and there's nobody there to mentor them and grow them and they slide right back in to and drift away from the faith that they just learned. Um, so I pray that we can be used to mentor other women and grow each other. When I first started thinking about what it meant to bloom where you're planted, God brought to mind two words. The first word was contentment. Um, much like hope, we're never going to bloom if we're not content where we're at. Philippians 4, 11 through 12, Paul learned to be content in every situation and to bloom where he was planted. He didn't have a rough, easy life. He was persecuted from the minute he chose Christ. Um, and he never wavered. And he grew and he blossomed and he produced fruit because he was willing um, to be content where God had him. When I was young, I had a lot of seasons of discontent. I struggled with feelings of being unloved. I had a father who didn't love me, didn't want me, wouldn't accept me. And then when I was eight, I had a stepfather who didn't know how to love right. And he was a monster. And growing up, I felt very unloved. I had a mom who loved me, but I didn't have a father figure to love me. And I couldn't figure out how God could love me when I couldn't love myself because I felt unloved. Um, and I found comfort in food. And I had to learn that God didn't want me to turn to food. God wanted me to turn to him. Um, I was looking for contentment in all the wrong places. And God was saying, I'm right here. I'm right here for you. Reach out to me. And even now, I find myself comparing myself to others. If only I looked like that. If only I could do that. If I, only I had a family like this. And it, discontent grows. But one day, I met a woman at a well. It wasn't the John for well. But God called me to a missions field in um, South Korea, a little town called Shenzhen. And there we built a church for a poor, very poor um, family um, of people who wanted a building that they could worship their Jesus in. And they didn't have the resources to do. And so we took our summer and we went on a, summer, a missions trip and we built a church for this um, village. There, there we met Miss Kim. She was riddled with arthritis. She was just an itty-bitty girl, um, but she loved the Lord, and she served the Lord. And every day she was on that um, field where we were building her church, worshiping us or serving us and worshiping God. She would bring us food. She would bring us water. They didn't have running water. They had to get well, water out of a well. They didn't even have bathrooms. They had a hole in the ground. Um, 
They had nothing, but they were content in Christ. They loved Jesus, and she was so excited that we would give up our summer to build the church for her. Um, she tried to wash her clothes, and we, were, we had a strict role. We couldn't wash each other's clothes. We had to do our own job. Um, and one day she decided she wasn't going to do that. She was going to wash her clothes. And the boys thought it was great. <laughs> Here you go. Um, but we tried to tell her no, that we had to do it ourselves. And she goes, but I love Jesus so much. I want to do this for you. How are we supposed to say no? Um, I learned to serve. Watching Miss Kim serve us. I learned to be content with whatever we had. We were just a group of teenagers grumbling and complaining because we couldn't bring four pairs of shoes. They had nothing. They slept on mats on the floor. They had no running water. Our shower was a water hose and a tent. And we learned to get there really quick before it got really cold. But they were happy. They were content. They finished, we did a missions trip to do some evangelistic work in a town. And we came back and they had gone through everybody's clothes and washed everything at the well. And we just sang there, singing praises to the Lord, singing, he is Lord. And come and go with me to my father's house. And they just rejoiced along with us. And I learned to be content. And I can't wait to be home in heaven and be able to not have a language barrier. Uh, to really let Miss Kim know what she did for me. Um, the other trip we took then was we went to the Wilson Leprosy Hospital in Ireland. Back then, they didn't know a lot, as much about leprosy, and they thought it was contagious, and they isolated people. There wasn't a lot of treatment for them. In their advanced states, they didn't have noses. They were blind. Most of them didn't even have fingers because it attacks the nervous system, and they would literally work until they had no fingers because they couldn't feel. But these men loved the Lord. On our missions trip, we had between 40 and 100, depending on how many years we had been going, um, of memory verses to do. So we had to learn one to three each day um, while we're over there. These men had learned the entire New Testament, every single verse. And they were learning the Old Testament because they couldn't read. And that was the only way they could soak in the word, in the truth of God's word, was to memorize. And that's what they did. And we think, how ungrateful am I for my sight? And I can see God's creation. I can see the beautiful sunrises, the gorgeous sunsets the beautiful flowers that bloom. And they were content where they were, just knowing God was glorified. I learned to be content. Um, the flowers don't try to compete with one another. They just bloom. They just do what God has called them to do. And we need to not compare ourselves to each other. We need to bloom where God calls us to be. The other word God gave me was resilience. Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. 
We can't bloom without growing. And we can't grow without going through some trials that build our faith. Psalms 92, 12 through 14 say, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. Made me start thinking and studying the characteristics of a palm tree. Do you know a palm tree can bend 40 to 50 degrees? It can bend parallel to the ground without breaking. It's the way God made it. It's almost like a rubber. I remember when my son was four and he was run over by a lawnmower and he broke his leg. The doctor said, oh, his bones are just like rubber. They'll just mold right back in together. And so they literally laid that bone right on top and it molded right back in to bone. And I'm thinking, that palm tree is kind of like that. It's rubber. It just bends. It doesn't break. And can we be strong and be like rubber and bend through the storms and not have it break? The other unique thing about a palm tree is that they have a strong root system. Their roots go deep and they go wide and they actually cling to the soil underneath. Um, Their fibrous roots just create almost an anchor in the soil. But what I found fascinating was that the stronger the storm, the stronger the tree becomes. Because the storms cause it to drive deeper into that anchor and to hold tight. And it reduced our weathers, the storms. And it made us, me think how much we need to be, have that root system rooted in Christ, strengthened by his word and digging our deep roots, roots so that when the storms come, our roots go deeper in him, and we can rest in that anchor and just stand firm on the promises that he has given us in Christ, that he's going through that storm with us. He is with us day by day. Um, Hebrews six nineteen says, Which hope we have as an anchor for our souls, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. We have that hope, and our anchor is Jesus Christ. And we can hold fast to that anchor no matter what trial we're going through, no matter what we're facing. We can face it because we have Christ, and we have that hope and assurance. And if there's any of you here today that do not have that hope, please reach out to one of the ladies. Reach out to me. We will be happy to show you in God's word um, where you too can have that hope and that assurance of salvation. Thank you so much.